The way I live my life, I live my life trying to get off problems. I call myself a futuristic thinker. So I'm always thinking about it, looking forward, looking ahead, so that I might head off some of the problems in my life. Somebody needs to say amen. 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 Because watch this now. Sometimes the problems that we're having in our lives is because that we're not good planners. Amen. 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 You didn't plan for your future. But how many of you know if you don't die, your future is coming? Amen. 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 But we're not planning for it. We're waking up and we're living day by day. And whatever happens that day, now you're going to try to come up with a plan to solve all those problems. No, 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 no. You have to be futuristic in your thinking because somebody told me one time that if you fail to plan, plan to fail. So plan, the Bible says this, submit your plan unto the Lord. Amen. So it's nothing wrong with plan. Our plans don't make him laugh, but at least we submit them to him and he can give us clear and concise direction. Amen. 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 So as we continue on with Revelation chapter 19 and 20, uh, John starts out <coughs> in chapter 20 with these words. After this, and uh, there's many, many segments. You will see this term basically being used at the beginning of every chapter. And, and, and subsequently throughout out the chapter. Look, chapter 18. How does chapter 18 start? After all this. Amen. Amen. So we can see a lot of time I can just keep going back. Then. Remember what we said about then. Then also means what? After this. Then and after this means the same thing because things are happening. Now, we've, we've talked many, many times about God's uh, holy scriptures that, uh, and I'm going to use Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and Genesis chapter 10 and 11 as my example. Now, a lot of people erroneously teach that God created humans twice because they look at Genesis chapter 1 and it says God created them male and female. And then you look at Genesis chapter 2, and it shows what God created Adam and Eve. But those are not two different creations. Ch chapter 1 is a general overview of creation, and chapter 2 is a specific overview of what happened in Genesis chapter 1. Well, the same thing in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. Now, he gives us the sons of Noah in all the places that they were dispersed to, but we know that they wasn't dispersed to after the languages was changed in chapter 11. Amen. So what happened in chapter 11 actually took place before what happened in chapter 10. But you only learn that through study. Somebody say study. study. You only learn that through studying your Bible. Hallelujah. You won't learn that through just reading your Bible. And I'm not implying in any kind of way that reading the Bible is something wrong with that. But what I am suggesting is that as we mature in our Christian experience, that we would uh, leap from reading our scriptures to studying our scriptures. Amen? Amen. So as we look at uh, Genesis, I'm sorry, as we look at Revelation chapter 19, uh, I want to use as a sermon title today, Invited to Supper or prepared for supper. Invited to supper. Invited to supper or prepared for supper. 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 So we look at uh, Revelation <coughs> chapter 19 and we see the first thing that it says is after this. Well, 
Wouldn't you like to know after what? Go well, remember, last week we did Revelation chapter 17 and 18. Now, if you remember, chapter 17 explained to us the spiritual and moral fall of Babylon. Now, in these end times, in this eschatological book, he uses the term Babylon frequently. But all of us are so familiar with the book of Daniel, well, let me put it this way, all of us are so familiar with the name Nebuchadnezzar, associated as the king of Babylon, that when we talk Babylon, a lot of times people's minds go to Nebuchadnezzar. But I want to bring your mind back to where Babylon was created. Now remember, we've talked several times that the beast, the false prophet, the dragon, all of these are representative of governmental systems. Amen? Amen. It's not really a beast. Hallelujah. He don't really, it's not a beast with ten heads and uh, seven heads and ten. It's, those are uh, symbolism that John wrote in. Now, if, if you were paying attention, you'll notice that when we talked about all those symbolic uh, writings, we said that those things were form of governments and authority and power. Yeah. Is what the, 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 the uh, beast and the false prophet stands for. Yeah. Now we understand that when we talk about the dracon or the dragon, we see in uh, Revelation chapter 12, and it's going to mention it here, we see that it's talking about the devil, the serpent, the dragon. So it's talking about, he, he's little. He's, that's not symbolic talk. The dragon is one of his names. Amen. The serpent is one of his names. The devil is one of his names. Satan is one of his names. But he's little. But the beast and the false prophet are symbolic. So when we say Babylon, Babylon has fallen. I don't want you, I don't want your mind to just go to Nebuchadnezzar. I need your mind to go back. Remember Wednesday night I asked you this question. Who is the first king that the Bible talks about? Nimrod. Nimrod is the first king in the Bible. And Nimrod, coming from uh, the bloodline of Kong, which we pronounce Ham, and the Bible says that Ham had a son named Cush, and Cush had a son named Nimrod. And all our Bible says, all the Protestant 66 book Bible says, is that Nimrod was a mighty man of renown. Yeah. Amen. Amen. A mighty hunter, a warrior, some of you. But I want you to know that in the original language, in the Hebrew language, what that really means, a man of renown, mighty before God, means that he stood mightily before God and rebelled against him. So when you read our Protestant uh, uh, version of the Bible, you get a positive picture of King Nimrod. That he stood before God as a mighty warrior for God. No, that's not what it means. It means that he stood in defiance of God. So Nimrod, when we think Babylon and the Babylonian <laughs> system, I don't want your mind to stop at Nebuchadnezzar. I want your mind to go all the way back to when Babel, Babel, the Tower of Babel, or Babel, yeah. Babylon, keep yeah. babbling on. Amen. Amen. Y'all catch y'all with me? Amen. Amen. So when we talk about Babylon, we're talking about a system, watch this now, a governmental system or a country's or a nation's way of thinking. Amen. Amen. 
when we talk about uh, the beast and the false prophet, we're talking about governmental systems that they set up as a way of thinking. Amen. 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 So now, as we in Revelation, I want to do this real quick. Jack's not here today to do the computer for me like he did last time. But I want to show us something that uh, 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 I didn't complete. I gave you one word, but I want to give you another word that brings us more closely to what uh, Christianity has been trying to describe uh, in the name of what we now know is the harvest and the reaping. Uh, 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 for whatever reasons, Christianity has tried to call that event the rapture. But I want to show you something real, real quick before we move on today. Now, if you have your, your device with you, let's go to Bible Hub real quick. Because I, I, I've been in teaching mode for a few weeks now, for a few months. Amen? Amen. Really hadn't been in preaching mode because some things you have to teach so that the people can follow along. Because when I'm up here preaching, I'm all excited and pooping and, and spitting. And, and then I'm, you all excited. When you all excited, standing up, waving your hand, shouting hallelujah, you don't have your Bible in front of you learning. And you don't have your pen and your paper in your hand taking notes. Mm -hmm. So what, I, what God asked me to do is refrain from preaching this and teach this. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So when we go to Revelation chapter 12, let's look at verse 5. Now hit the five. When you get there, hit the five. It's going to bring you to all the verses. I mean, all the translations that's pertaining to chapter five. Everybody with me? Yes. Okay. Now, now hit your intermediate, your INT. Hit your intermediate. Because we want to bring verse five up in the original language. Uh -huh. Everybody with me? Yeah. Okay, so let's go down to that word, was caught up. Now, when you get to caught up, Hit the 726 that's above that. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. Okay, so when you hit the 726, it's going to take you to the Greek word that means caught up, which people try to uh, uh, associate with the word rapture. They try to associate this word or this phrase being caught up with the definition of the word rapture. Mm -hmm. So let's read this definition. Because remember now, what was the other word I showed you that rapture, the Greek word for rapture? Deluge, uh, ecstasy. Ecstasy. Amen? And we said that that was the frame of mind. Amen. All right. So let's look at harpazo. Everybody with me? Amen. You see the definition? You see how to pronounce it? Phonetic spelling? Yeah. That's how you pronounce it. Harpazo. Harpazo. It means to seize, to catch up, to snatch away all, watch this, what's that last one? To obtain yeah. by robbery. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. Everybody seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. Okay. Let's go down again where it says helps. Word study. Everybody there? Mm -hmm. Number 726, Harpazo. Properly, it means seize by force. Mm -hmm. Snatch up suddenly and decisively like someone seizing a bounty, mm -hmm. a spoil or a prize, to take by an open display of force, now watch this parenthetical statement, i.e. not covertly or not secretly. So this is where they associate the word rapture with this Greek word hapazo. And the other Greek word I showed you a few weeks ago, ecstasy, which is a frame of mind. 
Amen. Amen. Now let's go to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of y'all like to learn? Amen. Because some people just like being preached to. But sometimes you don't get the efficacy uh, of the truth uh, message sent, being message be received. Now let's look at what Paul wrote in Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. Everybody there? Amen. All right, let's go right at verse one. He says, "This boasting will do no good, but I must go on." I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from, from the Lord. Lord. Oh, that's our word. Mm -hmm. Look mm -hmm. at what he says in verse 2. How does verse 2 read? Was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. And, and how, what, define how he was caught up. Did he read? Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Alright. So this word, Hapazo, which means to be caught up. Paul is explaining to us in his vision of being translated into the third heaven. Paul said, I don't know if I was there for real or if I was just ecstasy. Mm -hmm. See, he don't know if he don't know if he was harpazo. Now the word there, when you look it up in the interlinear, the word there is harpazo. But once again, he's saying, I don't know if I was there physically in the third heaven or was it just my mind. Everybody, everybody, everybody follow. Uh-huh. So now let's go to Revelation 14. Because what I want to make sense of, because just like I started out by saying, I like being prepared. How many of you know that when you make a, pa a prepared decision, or uh, a planned decision, is better than a erratic or spontaneous decision? Amen. Now how many of y'all know that in, in your life? Now watch this. Some of us in our old age, listen to me carefully. Some of us in our old age are still making erratic decisions. Amen. Which which says you really didn't plan for what you want to do, but now it's sitting in front of you, so now you got to make a decision. It's not good to make haphazard decisions. Amen. You must plan for your future. Amen. 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 So how many of us can work on that today in our lives? Let's work on stop making sporadic, spur of the moment decisions. Amen. And let's start planning. Now, when you plan it, what the Bible say? Once you plan it, once you made a decision, you made your plan. Do what? Submit it to the Lord. Submit it to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So watch Revelation 14. We're gonna start at verse 14. Revelation 14, verse 14. Now, I, I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but the only place. The only place you're going to see that term in Revelation caught up is in Revelation 12 and 5, where after she had the baby, remember Revelation chapter five, uh, 12, we met the woman who was uh, clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, she had a crown of 12 stars on her head. And it says she was pregnant. Amen? Amen. Now when she had that baby in verse 5, it said immediately, some versions say that the baby was snatched away, and that's another definition of her apostle. Amen. And caught up. That's another de definition of a poxo. Now let me let me show you something. Uh, there is no other hapoxo in the book of Revelation. There is nowhere else in Revelation that hapoxo is used. So what that tells me is the only time somebody was caught up to God 
pertaining to the book of Revelation was the baby that she had. And who was the baby that she had? Because remember now, the woman, when we first meet her in Revelation 12, with clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and the crown with 12 stars, we said she represented who? The Antichrist. Who? Uh, come on now. She represented who? Israel. 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 Because remember, she came to the, the right. church because right. the yeah. church didn't birth Jesus. Jesus birthed the church. Right. And when we see her again later on, when we see that woman again, when it says that she fled into the wilderness to be here, now it's talking about the church. Now remember, I'm going to use this statement. I've been using this for a few last, last few weeks. When you read in your Bible, don't forget what you already have read. Amen. And we got the tendency to do that. Amen. We we way in Revelation trying to reinterpret stuff we already interpreted in that. Yeah. So why reinterpret something that you didn't already interpret? It means what it meant at first. Why? Because we know he has the rest of the law of first mention. So if, if somebody, Jesus, Paul, John, Peter, if somebody didn't come back and say this don't mean this no more, it still means what it meant the first time you read it. So let's stop forgetting what we already read. So the only time somebody was caught up to God, or, or if you want to use this term rapture, it's in Revelation chapter 12, verse 5, when the child was taken, and we know that this child is Jesus. And he was taken from danger. Amen. Now we're going to read the definitions about Jesus. Watch this. Once again, don't forget what you already read. We're going to read again the identifying marks of Jesus. We're getting ready to read it again. Now I'm going to ask you when we get there how you know what we read that at before. Don't forget what you've already learned. Amen. Amen. Watch this. I don't care where you go. I don't care where it's written at. Two plus two is always four. Now, why are you trying to go down here and learn 2 plus 2 again? <laughs> 2 plus 2 is 4. How do you know? Because I learned that in first grade. Amen. Amen. So, let, 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 let's go. Revelation 14 and 14. Everybody ready? He says, Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one looked like the Son of Man. Here we go. He had a gold crown. That means authority and royalty. He had one head. Everybody say one head. One head. All the demons that have been described thus far and the dragons had multiple heads. And I love what Rev Mayo taught me a long time ago. He told me another one day. He said, anything with more than one head is a demon. Amen. And that's biblical. Yeah. Amen. 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 Uh oh. We say it like this. We say it like this these days in America. Too many chiefs. <laughs> And not enough in In other words, you got too many people trying to be in charge. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So he says, uh, he had a sharp sickle in his hand. Then the other angel, another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud with the sickle. Who, who's sitting on the cloud with the sickle in their hand? All right, all right. For the time of the harvest has come. The crop, where is the crop? And the crop is what? Verse 16 says, so the one sitting on the cloud, who's sitting on the cloud? Jesus. He did what? Swung his sickle. And what happened when he swung his sickle? He was harvested. The earth was harvested. The earth was harvested. How much of the earth? The whole, the whole earth. earth. That's, when, that's when the God's people 
was separated from the earth, y'all. Now let's what happened. Let's read what happened to the ungodly. Verse 17 says, after that, that's why I was praised again, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a, a, a sharp sickle. Then another angel who had the power to destroy with fire came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, swing your sickle now and gather the clusters of grapes. Huh. Now the Jesus, the, the one on the white cloud, gathered a harvest. He gathered a crop. This one here is told to gather grapes. Now watch why. Watch why. Clusters of grapes from the vine on the earth. For they are ripe for judgment, or ready for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes onto the great wine press. The great wine press of God's wrath. Verse 20 says the grapes were what? In the wine press, the wine press was outside the city, and it says that there was so much blood that it went 180 miles as high as the hair on the horse. The horse's mane, we call it. He calls it here, the horse's bright. That's a lot of blood. Now watch this. Check me out. Check me out. Check me out. So, now let's go into chapter 15. Chapter 15, we're going to start right at verse 1. Then, that's why we word. Now see, remember in Revelation, the rest of the Bible not written from the Bible. That's why I talked about Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 10 and 11. See, in those, that's not chronological because you got what happened last first. And you got what happened first last. But in Revelation, when he keep using after this and then, that's written in sequence. Amen? You can count on that in Revelation. Revelation is, Revelation is the only book that has its own divine timeline. You don't have to wonder what happened first. He's telling you after this and then. Fair enough? So let's start at chapter 15, verse 1. Then I saw in heaven another marvelous event of great significance. He says, listen, don't downplay this. This is important. Seven angels were holding seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. And we said that that word complete is the word telling you. I'll tell you They both are the same thing, completion. Verse 2. I saw before me what seemed to be like a glass sea. Now, hadn't we seen the glass sea before? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go back to chapter 4. We're doing Bible study, y'all. Don't get, don't get vexed with me. Revelations 4. Revelations 4. Revelation 4. Amen. So in Revelation chapter 4, we see what we know now as the throne room of God. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to reiterate this to make sure that we catch this. Uh, this is not what I want to talk about, but I want to reiterate this real quick. In Revelation chapter 4, he says that verse 3. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstone like jasper and carnelian 
and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. So remember, we're going to see some physical attributes of Jesus. Amen. But in the throne room of God, which is chapter 4, we're looking at God the Father, but we don't see physical human attributes. We see nothing but a shining glory. Light, yeah. So when you see God, what do you see? His glory. His glory. And we said that one of the definitions of the word glory is an illumination or illuminating, they shine. That's why the Bible says in Revelation, when we get to chapter 21 and 22, it's going to say that there's no sun and no moon there. Why? Because it's going to light up. It's going to be illuminated. Because God lights up. You understand now? Yeah. Everybody with me? All right, now let's go to verse uh, six. In front, in front of the throne was a shining Sea of glass. glass. All right. So we see where the sea of glass is at. I wanted to show you this. So where is the sea of glass? Before the throne. All right. Now let's go back to uh, 15. Let's go back to 15. Because what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to give you imagery here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to have you to get work, get a picture in your mind of what's happening. All right. So now, after the reaping and the harvesting, which I believe is the taking up of the church. Amen. So after the church has been taken, right after that, because remember the church is taken in verse 15, where, where uh, Jesus sitting on the cloud, he swung his sickle, and he reaped the whole earth. In 14. In 14, amen. Well, 15. 15, it says he reaped the whole earth. In chapter 14, verse 15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now let's, let's start reading back at verse 2 in chapter 15. Everybody ready? I saw before me what seemed to be like a glass sea. Where is the sea of glass? Before the throne. But it was mixed with fire. Now, let's get imagery again. When we talk about fire in the Bible, if fire don't mean literal fire, what does it mean? The Holy Spirit. Remember in Acts chapter 2, coals of fire landing above their head, they begin to speak. So when you see fire, you see spirit. So listen to me carefully. Jesus reaped the church, he's reaped the whole earth and all of God's people. We're now standing on a sea of glass. And it looks like the sea of glass is on fire, but it's not. It's the people that's on fire. See, and the sea represents the people. Off the sea of glass. Yeah, because the sea is the people. We on fire. Amen. Standing before the throne of God. Amen. Amen. You really want to miss that? No. <laughs> no, think about it. Think about it. Listen. We got some important stuff going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. But is it more important than that? Oh, yeah. Don't listen. We're living in the last days, y'all. This is not the time to give up hope. Mm -hmm. We got to keep on holding and we got to hold tight because remember what also the Bible says in Revelation 12. It says that the, the dragon is angry. Why? Because he knows what? His time is short. He only got a little time. 
And listen, I've watched football, I've watched boxing, I've watched basketball, I've watched all types of competitive sports. And when the time is running out in the fourth quarter, we start throwing Hail Marys, the boxers start throwing haymakers, the basketball players start shooting from the other side of the court trying to get three-pointers. Why? Because they know their time is out and they lose it. So they're trying to throw everything at you that they can to get you away from God. And I'm telling you right here as I stand before you, don't you fall for it. Amen. Don't you fall for it. His time is short. He's angry. And the Bible says he went out and made war with who? The remnants of God's people. The remnants. Well, isn't that us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if he went out to make war with the remnants of God's seed, he tried to make war against me. And I'm gonna sit there and get all that and get all caught up and just let the devil wear me out. No, don't you quit. You tell yourself right now, don't quit. Don't, don't quit. quit. Tell yourself right now, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. We're too close, y'all. Amen. We're too Amen. close. Amen. Don't quit. Don't quit. We're too close. And I'm telling you, I know what this is. I know what I'm talking about. I ain't bragging. But God has showed me all of this. I'm about to the king, y'all. I've seen the coming of the Lord. Amen. I've seen the Lord. You know why I can explain this to you so vividly? It's because God has showed it to me. I don't see it. I don't have, let me tell you what I'm not what I'm not doing with Revelation. I'm not going with the traditional notes that's in these Bibles because they're Protestant in nature. I can show you five things right now that if I look up some Hebrew history, it's going to say one thing. If I look up some Catholic history, it's going to say another. If I look up some Protestant history, it's going to say another. So you know what I'm, I'm, I'm doing? I'm not listening to none of y'all lives because y'all all trying to prove Amen. I'm not trying to prove no point. I'm trying to prove that what the Bible says is real. And we've confused people's mind with Revelation so much that they won't read it. Somebody read Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 for me real quick. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, if the Bible says this, why is the church not teaching it? Amen. You don't know why. Amen. And everybody want to be blessed. Everybody want to be blessed. But the Bible says you read this, you're blessed, but nobody want to read it. <laughs> Soaking in, and I might do it again. I want to make sure that we get pictures. 
Watch this. How many of you know that if you can't see it, if you can't get an image of something in your head, you'll never do it? Amen. Oh, I can't never see myself doing that. You'll never do it. Amen. I can't see myself being a billionaire. Well, you'll never have it. Because if you can't see yourself with it, you'll never try to get it. So, verse of uh, chapter 19, Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. Everybody ready? After this, I heard, uh-oh, we switching now. We switching from visual to audio or audio. You checking that out? Yeah. Everything else we've read so far, he said, I saw, so, I saw, yeah. I saw. Now he says, I heard. What sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting. Now this word, vast crowd, the King James is the only version that says people. The King James says, after this, I heard what sounded like a large number of people in heaven shouting. So what I did is I looked it up. I said, now hold up. What is it talking about? Because we've already been talking about large crowds of angels in Revelation. We've been talking about 24 elders in Revelation. Amen. Amen. So I want to know if you just going to tell me it's a large crowd, well, who made up the crowd? So I looked the word up, vast crowd. It comes from the Greek word okolos, O-K-H-L-O-S, O-K-H-L-O-S, okolos. And it means people. Mm -hmm. Not people specifically, it means a group or a crowd of people. Multitude. Amen. Multitude. So, a multitude, thank you. So, what I'm doing is I'm confirming to you that in chapter 14, verse 15, is when the reaping and the harvesting happened, which was formerly known to us as the rapture. Amen? Now, you still want to call it the rapture? You can because of the word also. But it was actually a reaping and a harvesting. And that happened. Now, watch this. First, we see in chapter 15 that the people were standing on the sea of glass before the throne of God. Now the people are beginning to speak. And he says, this large crowd in heaven shouted what? Hallelujah. Woo! Salvation and glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Salvation, glory, power, belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. Now listen to me carefully. This is the battle we've been dealing with the whole time. It's the same battle you're dealing with today. You see, what the devil did to Eve was made her doubt God's justice. If his judgment was right and true. Because Adam, because remember now, God talked to Adam. God talked to the man. Now I'm not being chauvinistic, I'm just being biblically, biblical, Bibleistic. This ain't popular talk in 2021 in America. We got power struggles going on in our homes. And the woman wants to be in charge. But God ain't put you in charge. So even if you do wind up in charge, you still run into a ditch because the Bible says the blind leading the blind, what's gonna happen? Yeah. Well, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta agree this Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. And keep living unscriptural and keep on having the problems you have in your home. It's just that simple, y'all. Keep writing down two plus two is eight. Keep failing your test. <laughs> it's just that simple. The teacher don't catch you nice. The teacher don't care because y'all get along good. You write two plus two equal eight on that paper, you're going to get red marks. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, we want to live outside of the confines of Scripture, but we still want life to go right, and it ain't going to happen. Amen. So the devil now has confused Eve because Eve didn't get the message directly from God. Eve got the message from a man. Mm -hmm. 
And even in Genesis, she obviously felt like my man don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and not only does her man not know what he's talking about, who, who her man got the message from must not know what he's talking about. That's what the devil made her believe. You see, from the beginning, in your house right now, you're still trying to figure out, let's read verse 2 again, you're still trying to figure out if his judgments are true and just. Oh, wait, honey, God didn't really mean that. God knew. Now, God knows when if you eat the fruit, you're going to be like him. And he don't want you being like him. He want to be God all by himself. He want all the power and the glory and the limelight all on his own. So that's why he's trying to keep y'all down. He said, what? I can't believe that. <laughs> you mean to tell me God know that if I eat this, I'm going to be like him? Why is he holding out on me? And spiritually and morally, 
I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but how many of y'all remember what I said that the book of Yeshua in the apocryphal writings, the book of Yeshua says in chapter 9 and verse 26 to start explaining to us Nimrod's rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. He, re he rebelled. Remember, when you read our Bible, and it only says about Nimrod that he was a, a, a man of renown, a great hunter before the Lord, yeah. it meant that he stood in defiance. You can go read it for yourself in the notes. I mean, it means that he stood in defiance. And if I have people read it, and I have, I say, read this right here. What you get out of that? Nimrod was a good man in the sight of God. See, right away. <laughs> our Bible, that's the word I want. Yeah. See? So if you only read your scripture, that's what you're going to get. But when you go to study your scripture, you're going to learn the truth. Nimrod was a, a, a rebellious, wicked king in front of God. And in front of men, too. That's when he was hunting. He wasn't hunting down. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And the rest of verse 2 says, he has avenged the murder of his servant. Verse 3 says, and again, their voices rang out. Now, who is there in this in this sentence? Who is their voices? Again, their voices. Great He's talking too. about the same bride. He's talking about the same crowd that was in verse one. Amen. Amen. All right. So, what did they say when they rang out their voices? Once again, Hallelujah. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beasts, the four living beings, fell down and worshiped God. Now, I'm going to talk about something. I'm going to prove it to you later on in subsequent chapters. Once again, we try to associate the 24 elders with the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. Now, where does that scripture ever say that? Where does that scripture, I don't care where in Revelations you read, they're always defined as the 24 elders. So where did we get that from that it represented the 12 tribes of Israel and the apostles? Where did we get that from? Aaron Notes teaching. that we read from commentary. Aaron teaching. Because yeah. that ain't what they represent. I'm going to prove it to you later because it tells us who they are and what, and what they represented as. So once again, we, we have accepted, watch this. How many of y'all know how a, a, bird, a bird feed their babies? How does a bird feed her babies? She go get the food, she chew it up, and then she throw it up in their mouth. She regurgitate it. And that's all, that's all we done learned how to do as Christians, especially black Christians in the church. All we done learned how to do is regurgitate what they done gave us. No study on your own. Just whatever little notes they write down. That's what we teach. Well, I figured out that don't make sense. And I'm going to show, show, I don't know if it's this week in chapter 19 and 20, but I'm going to show you it's going to define who the 24, uh, who the uh, 12 tribes of Israel represent and who the 12 apostles represent. And it ain't the, the 24 elders. 12, 12 just happened to be 24. Watch this, watch this. I can prove it to you right now. In Revelation chapter 7, if the 12 tribes was represented in the 24 elders, why did he count out 144,000, 12 from the 12 tribes of Israel? Why would he do that if they already represented? Once again, we just, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm saying we we just took what they gave us and, and went, ran and taught it, right? Look at 
And we hadn't learned nothing. Mm-hmm. You only knew what somebody had told you. Amen. So what I'm doing, I'm doing the same thing that I did with the confusion over Canaan's curse. I'm looking at it from another perspective. I'm not arguing with the people saying that they're right or wrong or not. That's, that's not my point. My point is, let's look at this from a fresh perspective. Let's look at this with a fresh set of eyes. Instead of just going on what we've been taught. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Wouldn't your marriage work better if you wasn't going with what you had been taught? <laughs> wouldn't your life be going better right now if you wouldn't have been going all these years on what somebody told you? Wouldn't you be doing better if you had just went, went read and studied it for yourself? But that ain't what we do. We, we listen to what people tell us. And then we go and try it that way. And they weren't successful at what they was doing. Why is we listening to unsuccessful folks? Because it's just like I told somebody the other day. If what we was doing was working, we wouldn't be in a position. Then the 24 elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God who was sitting on the throne, and they cried out. So you've got a lot of different entities talking here. So who's talking right now? Who's getting ready to talk now? 24 elders and beasts. Yeah. And look at what they say. Amen. Hallelujah. How do you pray God? Amen. So in other words, we got a whole lot of people talking, but what? They all say the same thing. Now that's a hint for the church right there. That's a hint for the church right there. When you get to heaven, everybody's going to be on one vote. Right. We're all going to be saying the same thing. Amen. Ain't going to be no Baptist side. Amen. Ain't going to be no Catholic side. Amen. Ain't going to be no non-denominational side. Everybody's going to be saying the same thing. It ain't going to be one side of town over there. It ain't no, it ain't no but he live across the track and we live on the high side of town. It ain't going to be none of that there. Amen. Come on, let's go. Verse 5 says, And from the throne came a voice that said, Uh-oh. Now he didn't even tell us who this voice. He just said it was a voice. Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the last to, to from the least to the greatest. All right, verse 6 says what? And I heard what sounded like a great multitude. See, once again, he's dealing with that crowd again. Amen? It was a vast crowd that shouted, and the roar of a mighty ocean of clashing, loud, of crashing loud thunder. Look at what they said. What did they say? Hallelujah. Everybody saying the same. Are y'all getting this? Everybody saying the same thing. So listen. Listen to the kids. Look at it. Look at it. So when we go to South Rest, when we leave here and we're talking to our friends and family, whatever, isn't it fair to conclude that we should all be saying the same thing? You talking about the human race. Well, about those six things. Amen? Humans, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, uh, humans, uh, the devil, heaven, and hell. About those things, we all need to be saying the same thing. Amen. But we're not. Mm. Mm. Oh, my God. It, listen, it's just not incumbent upon those of us that teach to be saying the same thing. It's incumbent upon y'all, too. Why? She got she. Touch. Because she got she. You talk to people every day, I'll never be. (laughs) 
If they was, listen, if they was arresting Christians, would you get arrested? Yeah. <laughs> In other words, does the people on your job and everywhere know you're a Christian? Not because you say it, but because you act like one. Amen. I'm, I'm going to just let that sit for a minute. We ain't asking you to stand and raise your hand and give a testimony about it. I want you to think about this. If they was going around persecuting and arresting Christians, would you get arrested? Mm-hmm. Or would they pass you right on by talking about they one of us? Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh-oh. And his bride has prepared herself. Who's the bride? Church. Okay. Who's the church? People. Hmm? Who's the ecclesia? The people, us. Not everybody humanity, everybody who has accepted Christ. It doesn't matter, listen, it don't matter if you you was born and raised in Israel. It doesn't matter if you was born and raised in South Africa. It doesn't matter if you was born and raised in Southern California. If you grew up in Hawaii, uh, if you from North Korea, if you from the Soviet Union, if you've accepted Christ, you are now classified as the church. Now, how do we know that? Because of Romans 1. Chapter 11. And what happened in Romans chapter 11? We were all what? Grafted in. So, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed on how the, 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 the church has become so fragmented and, and segregated one from another that we would get to a book like Revelation and say, well, this is going to happen to Israel and this is going to happen to the church. When Israel and the church are all the same. Yeah, Didn't that teach, error teach you? teaching, yeah. Listen, because remember, this, this is this is the, 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 the point I'm standing on. Quit trying to reinterpret what you've already learned. And we learned vehemently in, in uh, uh, Romans chapter 11, Paul said that we've been grafted in and we all won now. He said, watch this. He said, with God, there is no male or female, no Jew or Greek. So how do we get to Revelation and start separating and saying, well, this is what's going to happen to the Jews? And then... Do you read any sentences that say that in Revelation? Really, I haven't read. I mean, I just, I haven't read where there's a separation of God's people. I haven't read that. Once again, error teaching, heresy. You trying to make you trying to make the group use. I bet you in the Dallas Cowboy locker room, I bet you the coach say we the best team in the NFL. Watch this. Let me, let me show you. I bet you in the Miami Dolphins locker room. We ain't won no games, but we we the best team in the NFL. I bet you. Because everybody trying to pump up the team they own. Amen. Amen. In the book of Revelation, the church is all one. Everybody who's accepted Christ as their personal savior. You are now classified as part of the church. Amen? Amen. And the church here is defined as the bride who has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents what? God's holy people. 
the fine linen represents righteousness as oh God of the people. Watch this. My Bible says the good deeds of the people. Verse 9. And the angel said to me, write this down. Remember, he told me before, don't write, but now he's telling me, make sure you write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Hence the title of the sermon, Have You Been Invited? Have you been invited to something? Watch here. Let's, let's keep reading. And he added, these are true words that come from God. The, the true words he's talking about is blessed those of us who have been invited to the Lamb's Supper. Verse 10 says, then I fell down at his feet and worshipped him. He said, no, don't worship me. I'm only a servant of God just like you and the other brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Look at what he said. Worship God. Worship God. God. For the spirit of prophecy is there. Worship God. Oh. Amen. For the, now somebody read the rest of that out of the King James for me. Mine says, for the essence of prophecy is to give clear witness of Jesus Christ. Somebody read that out of the King James. Say it real loud, real loud. He said, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus to the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy, in other words, when you prophesy, it's got to be leading toward Jesus. If somebody prophesied that you about you gonna get a new house, <laughs> and that's able to true test true prophesying. No. Once again, error teaching. You don't, you don't see it much no more. But you know it was a point to where every church service you went to, after the service, they want to line everybody up front and come by putting their hands on you and spitting all on you, trying to push you down. But when you've been taught good, you don't fall. No, don't put your hands on me either. Yeah, don't even really, you know. Don't put your hands on me. You, I can tell who I'm going to let prophesy over my life by what they didn't preach. I'll be able to know if I can trust your prophecy by what you preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to be careful how I say it. But very recently, very, very recently, I listened to somebody teach. And once again, all I'm doing is shaking my head saying, see, that's why the world is like it is. You telling people from the pulpit they ain't got they, they we under grace and you ain't, ain't nothing for you to do because Jesus is God. Now, first of all, that's true, but is it the whole truth? No. Now, I, I can't go to this person and say, "Man, you was wrong." No, I can say, "Man, you left something out." Because if we're not prudent and wise enough to make the people understand that there is a great significance between God's moral laws and his ceremonial laws, which was done away with, and we telling people that we under grace and you don't have to do that because Jesus did it all, no wonder we still tripping and slipping. No wonder Christians think it's okay to have a, a, a spouse and two side pieces. 
We're not teaching them that you shouldn't commit adultery. No wonder the children disrespecting their parents. We ain't teaching them that you should honor your mom and your dad. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder America think the Sabbath is a joke. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder we think we can buy cars and get furniture and all this stuff and make it into our God. Because we're not teaching the people don't have no other gods before him. Okay, homework for next week. Homework for next week. Find me where the Bible, where grace covers receiving the mark of the beast. Find me that. Find that. That grace, grace gonna cover receiving the mark of the beast. That God gonna say, I was just playing. <laughs> teaching, teaching is everything. Well, no, let me, let me bring it back that up. Teaching is good. But if, 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 if those who are on the opposite end of the teaching is not doing their job, teaching isn't right. We got to be learned. Amen. Amen. All right. So, where I left on that? Nine? Eleven? So he said, then, oh, there's all the time since the word again. I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there and his rider was named, uh oh, here we go, we're going to see the, the characteristics of Jesus again. Faithful, true, judges what? Fairly, and what else does he do? Wages war. He wages war. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word, watch this, of the Logos. His title was the Logos. Now let's go to uh, uh, Isaiah 63. His robe dipped in blood. Now, we're talking about Jesus. He's got on a pristine white robe, but why does it have blood on it? Mm -hmm. Now somebody start reading uh, uh, Isaiah 63 right in verse 1. We have who is this coming from Edom, from Basra, with his garments stained crimson? Who is this robed, robed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I, proclaiming victory, mighty to save. There you go. Why are your garments red like those of one treading, tread, treading the wine, the wine press? I have trotted the winepress alone. From the nations, no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood spattered my garments and I, and I, stained, uh, and I stained all my clothing. Okay, now, we see how his garment got blood on it. It was prophesied way back in Isaiah. And so they asked, they said, well, how you got blood on your, on your, on your white robe? He said, because I was trampling, I was trampling those who oppressed God, who, who uh, 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 what's that word with them, God? Uh, rebelled, rebelled against God. He says, I trampled them myself. Nobody was with me. So we look at Jesus now, just like I was telling you earlier, just like I was telling you earlier. They got some stuff standing on that sealed glass. 
being so full of the spirit that we on fire and it's reflecting off that glass when John saw it, he says it looked like it was a sea of glass mixed with fire. But it wasn't a glass that was on fire. It was people. And I made the statement, you don't want to miss that. Now watch this. You don't want to, you don't want to be part of this. <coughs> Try no line, Chris. You don't want to be part of being smashed or trampled by Jesus in the wine press. I mean, you might want to, I don't know. But I don't mean, I don't want to. That's a judgment. You gotta kind of make up your mind what side of the coin you're going to be on. Amen. Amen. Now listen to me carefully. Once you've made up your mind, listen to me. Amen. Once you've made up your mind what side of the coin you're going to be on, you gotta stay on that side. Amen. Amen. Okay. What did he mean to the church of Laodicea? He said, I wish that you were either out of cold. But since you're trying to be You're going to be judged more harshly. Stay with God. Amen. Just stay with God. I can't predict what's going to happen in your life. I can't predict what kind of trouble and trial and tribulation and uh, hurt and pain and disgust and frustration. I can't predict any of that. But I can say this. No matter what it is and what the amount, what the level gets to, I've had it up to here. And that may be true, but stay with God. Amen. 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 Stay with God. Amen. And Jesus says this. When the flames begin to go out and we see one another, we have to what? Fan the flames. Don't let the flame go out on your own boy. Don't let the flame go out on your own girl. You got to start fanning the flame. Put them back on fire. And then when it's your time, when you down, when you going through something, when you done lost something, you hurt, and you depressed, and you ready to throw in the towel, guess what somebody going to do for you? God going to send somebody, and they're going to start fanning the flame. Hope they breath those things. <laughs> but even if it does, you get that fire going. Amen. Get that fire back. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. says the armies of heaven dressed in the finest white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came what? Sharp sword. And what is the sharp sword? The word, the same thing we're reading from right now. In other words, he says you can win the battles in your life if you just use the word of God. The word. Speak the word. Jesus uh, told the enemy up in the wilderness. Now, the word wilderness implies that Jesus was on at his home field. It's hard to win on somebody else's home court. But Jesus warned my way to work. Amen? Amen. Uh, here we go again. It's another uh, example of how you know this is Jesus. He's going to have that sharp sword. And then look, he will rule with what? An iron scepter or an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from the winepress. On his robe, at his thigh, was written the title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun shining to the vulture. Okay, 
Now, we didn't, either we're going to be invited to the Lord's Supper, or watch this, we're going to be prepared for the feast of God. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun shouting to the vulture, flying high in the sky, come, gather together, for the great banquet of God has been prepared. So, as Joshua said in Joshua 24, choose ye this day who you going to serve. Amen. Now, don't wind up at God's supper. Because when you wind up at God's supper, you ain't eating. You are the meal. <laughs> All right, come on. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Come gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of the kings, the generals, the strong warriors, the horses, uh, and their riders of all humanity, both free, slave, small, and great. In other words, that's including everybody that wants to rebel and be disobedient against God. Now Paul said, the least that we can do is present ourselves before God. The Hebrew writer says, do not forsake the fellowship of one another as some of you are doing. Amen? Amen. Verse 19. Then I saw the beasts and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured with him, the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came out from the mouth of the one riding on the white horse. See how powerful the word of God is? It's defeating enemies, y'all. Amen. Amen. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Verse chapter 20. He says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key of the bottomless pit. Now I want to say this real quick about the bottomless pit. How can a bottomless pit be on earth when earth has a, a specific diameter? So it almost makes you understand the imagery that Hollywood and, and authors have always tried to give us of hell being at the core of the earth. It's a bottomless pit. So it, it almost gives you imagery of why they say that. Watch this. It also gives you imagery of the devil being in a red suit with horns with a pitchfork. Because why? In chapter 12, it described the dracon as what? A red dragon. So you almost can kind of understand where they're getting, where they're getting these images from. Hollywood been trying to show us this. Verse 2. He sees the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan. See how we can't confuse who the dragon is now. And remember, the dragon is not symbolic. The dragon is literal. The false prophet and the beast are representative of government. But the dragon, there's a real devil out there. Amen? <laughs> and it's your kids in your hood. <laughs> the angel threw him into the bottomless pit which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore. Now this is a question that we all have. Let me tell you something real quick. Ain't nothing wrong with questioning God. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with questioning God. Because this is one I want to know. 
This whole thing good about catching a rascal, then you catch him, and you're going to let him go. Mm. Now, this ain't my thing. Now, that's God's thing. And he said before uh, 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 about the, the pot and the clay, he said, can't I do with my stuff what I want to? Mm. About the parable of the workers, can't I do with my stuff what I want to? So I know he's going to tell me the same thing. But I do want to ask God, what all would we have in then let him go? Amen, amen, amen. So ain't nothing wrong with questioning God. Verse 4. Then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them. Who's sitting on the throne? The people. Now that's that same word I told you about earlier. That's all of us that's going to be saved. We're going to be sitting on thrones and we will be given authority to be judged. And I saw the soul of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted the mark of the beast in their foreheads or their hands. Don't accept that mark. Amen. Whatever you do, do not accept that mark. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. He says that this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in what? The first resurrection. Why? Because the second death will hold no power, but they will be priests of God and Christ and will reign for a thousand years. I want to be part of that. Amen. Amen? Amen. Verse 7. When the thousand years had come to the end, Satan will be let out of prison he will go out and deceive the nations called God and Magog. Uh, God is the king. Magog is the city. Amen. And what he's saying is all the kings of the big cities is going to fall. Okay. It's representative because God and Magog is individual. It's one king over one city, but he's using that representative of everything. Okay. Amen? Amen? In every corner of the earth, he will gather them together for battle, a mighty army, a number of as numberless as the sand along the seashore. And I will show them as they went upon the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But what's going to happen? Fire came down. Fire from heaven came down devoured them. on the attacking armies and did what? Devoured them. Verse 10. Then the devil who had deceived them, uh-oh, was thrown into the Put lake, in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented. How long? Day and night, forever and ever. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky had fled from its presence, but they found no place to hide. Verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open. Now, let's go slow. The books were open, which included the book of life. So there's many books, and one of them is the book of life. Amen? And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse 13. Now, pay close attention here. The sea gave up the dead, it's dead. Now there's a few meanings to this. Because you know over a period of time, they got certain cultures that like sending their people out on the raft, shoot an arrow out there and burn the raft, they die at sea. 
Some people take the ashes out and throw them in the sea. Some people died in shipwrecks in the sea. A lot of slaves in the bottom of the ocean. Amen? So it could mean that. But, but honestly, I'm not going to sit here and be dogmatic about what it means. But the sea going to give up the dead that's in it. Watch this. Death and what? What's hell? So death and hell going to give up the dead that's in it. And all were judged according to their deeds. Look at verse 14. Then death and what? Hades. And hell will be thrown into the lake of fire. So hell ain't the last place of damnation. Mm. People are not going to be spending eternity in hell. They're going to be spending eternity in the lake of fire. Wow. It seems the way this is written that that's two different things. Isn't it? Amen. See once again how when you start reading for yourself, you see how you see stuff? Yeah. Ain't nobody, the, de the devil, the devil not going to spend eternity in hell. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, the lake of fire, that's where people going to spend eternity with. The false prophet, the beast, the dragon, and all of us that's rebellious against God. And, and I guess I better add the angels that got thrown out of heaven with which heaven. Because remember, we found out too, erroneous teaching, it ain't one third of angels that left heaven with, with the devil. We don't know what the number was. Mm -hmm. It was one third of God's angels that he drew with his tail and threw through the ground trying to get rid of the competition. Yeah. Yeah. When, you read, when you read that chapter again, you're going to see that's two, different, that's two different things. Amen. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to finish next week. Now my hope and my prayer is that this study of Revelation has opened our eyes if nothing else, to quit saying revelations. But it should show us, secondly, that we gotta start reading this stuff for ourselves. And we gotta start reading it with fresh eyes and fresh eyes. Amen. Because there's a lot of erroneous things that we've been shown. Now I think it's gonna be next week in chapter 20, where it's gonna show you who who represents the 12 tribes of Israel and who represents the uh 12 apostles. And it, it, it ain't the same as the 24 elders. Once again, just something they told us that we ran with. Amen. So, this study of Revelation, what it has done for me, is made me more heaven conscious. Amen. It made me more end time conscious. But what it really did, let me put it in, in common vernacular, it made me realize that I ain't got time to play church. That's Amen. what it made me realize. It made me realize that this is going to be serious and real for me, or I might as well cut it loose and go on out there in the world and have a whoopee good time. Amen. Amen. Start murdering, sleeping around, uh, smoking, drinking, whatever you want to. Amen. Lying, cheating, on your taxes. Amen. Either you take this serious or go on and get in, in the Babylonian system because it ain't no in between. Either you with God or you with Babylon. Amen. Now that's why this whole thing is about Babylon falling. Now we've seen the fall of Babylon. All we're getting ready to see now is blissful heaven, heavenly, eternal heaven. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on,